Cowboy Junction Church, I'd like for you to welcome the one and only, the amazing Kids Church pastor herself, Generations pastor herself, the one and only C.G. Harden. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Can I just say, in all seriousness, I love when you do baby dedications. I, uh, like, there is no one like, I mean, do y'all agree? Is he not the greatest at baby dedication? And I also <laughs> love... Seeing everybody's hands raised when it's I'm available to yeah, help in Kids Church. Because you know what that means? They're ready to go. I know. Yeah. So, man, it was awesome. Yeah. So that's why she's here. We're going to move everybody out now to go volunteer for Kids Church. No, yeah. we're not. Oh, we're, we got something going on. We do need you in Kids Church, by the way. But we got yes, something going always. on. We do. Next week is one of our biggest Kids Church weekends of the year. It is so special. We've been doing it for a very long time. And it's a lot of fun, and we don't want you to miss it. Mm -hmm. But Pumpkin Palooza is next weekend at all three services at Cowboy Junction. We love Pumpkin Palooza around here. And the reason why is because it is our big moment to really target one of the five target audiences that we have at Cowboy Junction, which is young families. This is when we shut all the adult stuff down around here and we just go full kid church mode. Now you may go, well, then I don't need to come. No, you do need to come because what you're going to find is even though we're going to have like a kid's church theme and it's, it's, it's not like kid's church, it's kid friendly, okay? It is as much adult friendly, friendly as well. And you will be amazed how much God speaks to you in this kid friendly service. The reason we do this is because you now have an opportunity to turn to people who have young people in their life and say, hey, it's Pumpkin Palooza Day at Cowboy Junction. Come check out to see what kind of kids church we have. We're going to, everybody's going to come together in the main sanctuary. And it is always a blast. It is. And uh, if you've ever felt like a kid at heart, which I think most of us do, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. It's a really fun service to be a part of. You're not going to want to miss that part. But on top of that, every kiddo gets a free pumpkin. So what a great day to come to church to get a, get a pumpkin. Pumpkin. That's right. Little pump pumpkin heads. Little pumpkin heads. Yep. That one with, yeah, so fun. next week, here's what we need you to do. Just spread the word. Turn to folks and say, hey, it's Pumpkin Palooza at Cowboy Junction. Would you come eat with us? And I'll take you to Roses afterwards. And you got pumpkins and roses. I mean, you can't beat a deal like that. And it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Are you ready to roll on this? I am. And we've, we're not, you don't only get a pumpkin. Oh. Pumpkins are happening after service. But we also will have face painting. We have a train ride. We're going to have s'mores and popcorn. The young adults are doing a fundraiser with, with treats. Um, it's just going to, there's so many things that we'll get to do. You'll get to take lots of cute fall pictures out by the caboose and things. So it, it'll just be a lot of fun. I love s'mores because it means cold weather and campfires. <laughs> yeah. So would you give it up for the coolest chick in the whole land, the one and only Pastor C.G. Harden. Last and final thing we need to talk about. Since we met last, there's been a lot that's happened in world news. And I did not feel like I should just roll on this morning. Because I know that many of you really 
want to hear what your pastor has to say. I'm sure you're already Instagram newsed up and Facebook newsed up and CNN newsed up and Fox newsed up and you're just curious what I'm going to think and maybe you're thinking, no, I'm really not curious and good, good. But for those that would say, I want our pastor to address this, then let me address it. Israel means so much to me, but Palestine means a lot to me too. Six months ago, being in Israel, I got to meet and become friends with people of both nations, mostly those in Israel, but my bus driver was from Palestine, and he was the kindest gentleman. He took care of us. I was in a really tight situation one day when we were in Nazareth, and um, I don't know. I think there's still a little bit of Eddie County, Lee County guy in me that I have to pray about because I got kind of in a bad situation with some guys that I felt like were going to pickpocket me. And I got put in a situation where they were wanting me to put a shepherd's hat on. And I didn't want a shepherd's hat on. And apparently they didn't understand my severity of saying I didn't want a shepherd's hat on. And it got into a little shoving match. And your pastor, you know, I'm still praying about some stuff that I'm dealing with. And, um, and I about got thrown in Nazareth jail, and um, out of nowhere comes my bus driver, who is Muslim and Palestinian, and he jumped in the middle of these other Palestinians and got me to the bus, and he took care of them right there. And I didn't realize how stupid I was until that moment of, of being in that dumb situation. And, and I'm so grateful for him. I've been praying for him. Now, I tell you this just to kind of let you know, this is real for me because I am not an expert on world politics. And I am not an expert on last day stuff. Uh, maybe you're thinking, Ty, you've got to say something about the last days because this is just evidence. Evidence. How much more evident do you need? You need a war in Israel to get you ready for the coming of the Lord? I've been doing that every Sunday, getting you ready to follow Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, you don't have to worry about the rapture. You're, you're following Jesus. I'm not an expert on this, and I'm not going to try to be, but I will tell you this. There are some great experts out there people that can really explain to you what's happening with the Israelis and what's happening with the Palestinians. And we can pray because in both camps there's evil and in both camps are good. But we do know that God blessed Abraham and through Abraham his seed came and led to Jesus but we also know that the Ishmaelites, which came from Ishmael, God also didn't leave Ishmael. And my friend, who is Palestinian, I've been praying for lately, that his eyes would open to the God who is the God. And I've been praying for certain people. And, and, and when I say pray for Israel, maybe you should write these names down. Number one, a man by the name of Pierre. Pierre was my bus guy, the, the bus guide, not the bus driver, the bus guide. Pierre is the most wonderful, kind Christian Jew you've ever met. And he is in northern Israel. And we talk often on Facebook. 
And when you pray for Israel, would you pray for Pierre? Would you also pray for a man by the name of Moshe? Moshe was our head tour guide, and he's Jewish. Young, good-looking young man. And they pulled him from being the tour guide. He sent a picture the other day. Of, he's back in the reserve. And he had his body armor on, and he had his helmet on, and he had his weapon. And Moshe needs to be on your prayer list. And there's another man by the name of Moshe who is a dear friend of many, a few people in our church who runs a shop. And he's in this as well. And I've been praying for him. And when I say pray for Israel, I want to give you some names to pray for. Pierre, Moshe, and Moshe. These are the personal people that are in my life that I'm talking to and we're talking to. And I do believe in our bus driver. I can't remember his name, but our bus driver who I'm just believing God to protect, to use, to open their eyes. And Cowboy Junction, if you're hungry for things about end times, there are some people who can teach that. If there's some people, if you want to know about uh, world politics, there's some people who are really gifted at that. But for me, I'm going to stay in my lane. And there may be a time, and I'm really praying that I do talk about the, what does the return of Jesus look like? But it's going to sound a lot of what I teach on every weekend. If we're following Jesus, we're right where we need to be. We'll know how to love our neighbor. We'll know how to love worldwide. And we'll know how to navigate our own lives to be where we're supposed to be, to do what it is supposed to do at any moment, at any time. Does that make sense? I sure appreciate your grace. And I'm good at some really good stuff. But there's other things that I think if you're looking for that, there's some really good experts out there. Find them, look at them. But today, we're going to dive into 10,000 minutes. Sound good? Good. All right, here we go. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. Thank you for who you are. You are great. You're great to be praised. And we love you and we learn how to live life with you. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We want to welcome everybody on our online campus. So glad you're joining today for the, uh, excuse me, Young Men at the Juvenile Detention Center. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Can you help me welcome everybody at the Juvenile Detention Center? We're in a series called 10,000 Minutes. And what we found out is that you have 10,080 minutes in your week. Okay? You spend 80 of those 10,080 minutes in church. And now we're talking about what does it look like to live in the world we live in in the 10,000 minutes in our week. And the real specific thing that we're leaning into is not do we, we need to do more or we need to do less or we need to accomplish this or we need to make sure that gets done. Really, we're stopping and we're not doing a do message. We're doing a with message. And we're asking the question of who are you living life with, with these 10,000 minutes? And most specifically, what if we invited Jesus to come live these 10,000 minutes with us? And to kind of shape it a little bit more, what would it do like, what would it be like to live life with Jesus in these 10,000 minutes? What would it be like to go to work 
with Jesus. And instead of trying to take um, gosh, a, a life of Jesus to work, what if we learned how to go with Jesus to work? Instead of trying to figure out how to be a Christian at school, what if we learned how to be with Jesus at school? And last week we did something really cool. And for those that are in the room today and you're like, okay, I came last week and there was no, I mean, y'all, y'all just met for about that long and you were gone. Forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. I'm sorry. It was a great plan. Some people thought so anyway. Uh, we got to go be neighbors and we learned how to neighbor well with Jesus. But today... I'm going to start talking to you about the three things that I think are so important. Your body, your soul, and your spirit. And today we're going to specifically talk about your body. Now let me just tell you, your body is going to be a contributing factor to you doing life with Jesus or not. And let me just tell you, some of you are fighting your body your fight, your body's giving you ailments, your body's hurting, your body's going places it shouldn't go, your body's doing things. Your body seems to be the contributing factor of a lot of things, the reasons why we don't do life with Jesus. And can I just tell you that as a pastor, one of the things that I just really want to get in your heart from the beginning is that if we don't take our physical body seriously, later down the line, it could cost us in so many ways that it doesn't have to cost us. One of the frustrating things as a pastor, I'm going to try to word this just right. There are people who get sick. There are people whose organs begin to shut down. There are people who, who, who develop things. And your family comes to me and they say, we got to be praying for our grandpa. Or we got to be praying for my dad. Or we got to be praying for my mom. And we're believing for a healing. And down deep in my heart, and this is me being honest, we're believing for a healing that I know 20 years ago, Holy Spirit was talking to you about start taking your health serious. And here we are in the ramifications of your poor habits. The ramifications of your poor decisions have got you to the point that your grandchildren are going to be confused because they're praying for your healing, but you, it's hard for you to have faith that God can heal you because you didn't do what he told you to do 20 years earlier. And now I've got your family coming to me saying, I don't even believe in God anymore. Why don't you believe in God? Well, my grandma died. And out of respect to you, I'm not pulling them aside and saying, your grandma ate poorly. She smoked everything that she could get her hands on. That's just real right there. She didn't put the bottle down. Her body was available to everybody. And this was back before your grandma was your grandma. This was back when your grandma was just all over the place. Everybody knew your grandma. And when she got older, oh, come on, this is, this is real preaching, huh? This is real preaching. And I wanna, I, I'm sitting there going, gosh, your grandkids think God didn't answer their prayers. But the honest part is you, you didn't listen to God on something he was warning you about 30, 40 years before. 
Welcome to Cowboy Junction. I'm so glad that you're here today. I just want to tell you, one of the most important things that we can get in today's message is what I'm about to show you. Your body is important, but how important? Watch. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? It's within you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Let me just stop. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? That you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, let me just tell you. You have days, I have days that my body fights me, and it's so difficult to live for Jesus when your body's keeping you in bed. It's so difficult to give Jesus a yes when your body is saying no. And when, when you and I get to the point to realize this is a whole lot more important than I think it is. And to give you an idea, recently I took a group of pastors to Montana. And we sat around the campfire and we, we just enjoyed each other. And at the end of this trip, fly fishing, we just began to talk about what we were going to do when we got home. What has God talked to you about on this trip that when we get home, it's just going to be something that we kind of put into practice. And some said, I'm going to rest more. Some said, I'm going to Sabbath more. And one of the men, was, this guy is just an athlete, pastor now. He was the rookie of the year, bareback rider in Canada. And, and now he's a pastor. And he had just recently had a heart attack. This was not a guy that you thought would have a heart attack. And he spoke up and he said, guys, it's a miracle I'm even here. And we all agreed, man, it is a miracle. We are thankful that God rescued you and healed you. And he goes, let me just be honest with you. I went to the doctor right before I came here and he said, well, here's the good news. The good news is, is you've already eaten the finest rodeo food in the entire world. And look where it got you, 99% blocked arteries. So now that that's over, let's try something different. And he said, this trip has caused me to relax and really lean into doing my life with Jesus in regards to my body. And it's time for us to start that meal plan that I should have started years ago when God was talking to me about it. And ever since then, I got home from that trip and I began to look at my life, and this was years ago, through his eyes, meaning my friend's eyes. And I came home and I began to go down a journey to allow my body to be the temple of the Holy Spirit and to treat it as such. You may be in this room today with an addiction. You may be in this room today with a bad habit. You may be in this room and you haven't taken your diet seriously. You may be in this room and there's just things that you do that you don't even think about. You may take your body to places where people abuse it and hurt it and use it. And we need to get serious today because here's the most important reason why. My body is a key factor in being with Jesus. 
Your body is a key factor of learning how to live your 10,000 minutes with Jesus. Because if we're going to be with Jesus, we're going to have to look at our bodies and take inventory and see if it's going to make the long run. And when it comes to my body, let me just tell you, my body is both holy and horrifying. Yeah. Is there anybody in the room that you just, you just got bad habits? Anybody? Yeah. yeah. All kinds of people. It's got bad habits. Okay. Do you guys ever pray and when you pray you say, God, please, please God, help me stop doing this. Okay. If this is you, God, please help me stop drinking so much. God, please help me stop giving my body to people who don't respect my body. God, please help me. Help me eat correctly. And maybe you're praying this, God, help me eat less. God, help me, help me, help me, God, help me, God, help me, because it's all bad habit thing. This is as far as negativity is going to go with this message, okay? I'm just trying to get you to lean into the tension. If this is you, can I tell you, the good news is Jesus wants to do 10,000 minutes with your body. He wants to teach you how by walking with him in your 10,000 minutes in life, how to do life with your body, with him. And here's the thing I want you to get from the very beginning, okay? Some of us has very good intentions when it comes to our body, but we've got really poor strategy. We've got really good intentions when it comes to our body. I'm going to start losing some weight. I'm going to start losing some weight. And here's, here's generally the Lee County, West Texas diet plan. Starve myself. Okay, which is like turning to your hot ride car and saying, I want you to learn how to operate with no gas. So you trump, you go, this is the stupidest car. Being able to, why can't you operate with no gas? That's what it's like with you trying to live life with no food. Oh, man, I got one amen. That was, that was good. You've got great intentions. I'm going to start losing some weight. How are you going to do it? I'm just going to starve myself. I'm going to run, work out, and not eat. That's genius. Gosh. And the problem is you've got great intentions. You have poor strategy. And today is a plan for us to build strategy of doing Jesus with our body. Okay? And, and let me just tell you, you have some things working against you right now. And it's important we put this out on there. Okay? It's, it's, you're not the biggest problem. You're not the biggest problem. You've got some problems that you don't even think about anymore that are actually the deck stacked against you. This is how much the enemy wants your body to not be the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is how much the enemy can say, okay, believe what you want to believe, have faith, grow in the Word of God, but I'm going to attack your body. I'm going to attack your body because... We're going to get down the road and everything you're believing in God is going to come short because your body can't make it. Okay? And here's the way that he does it. There's a practical way. The practical side of this is, well, number one, have you noticed that your grandma's grocery store is not the same grocery store you go in anymore? Your grandma walked into a grocery store that sold vegetables and sold meat and sold cheese and sold uh, 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 milk and all these things. Your grocery store is a lot bigger and has more crap in it than ever before. I use the Greek word 
for crap, crap if, okay? The Hispanic word is crapola. So if anywhere you shop, you just need to know you have a practical side of things, meaning that the options aren't what they used to be, okay? So that's working against you, okay, number one. Number two, emotionally, you have some things that haven't been dealt with on inside of you that you don't even realize it. You binge eat, you binge smoke, you, 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 you binge party, you, and it's all for coping with something that God wants to deal with. And, and, and there's a practical side. The world is already set up to just make your shopping experience, your living experience. You don't have to go look for the sweet of life. It'll find you. So that's working against you. Emotionally, there's some things on the inside of you that you, you eat to cope. Blue bell can cover a multitude of sins. Does that make sense? Man, it's like I don't feel good. I don't feel right. I'm brokenhearted. He hurt me. Let's go get Blue Bell. You know, she won't return my text. Let's get Budweiser. And, and we got a deal. Jesus wants to go with us here, okay? There's also a physical. Listen, me, my tongue is sharp. And I'm learning that my physical tongue will just sometimes, I had to learn this years ago, it'll say things that I really don't mean. Physically, physically, I have things working around me, like, for instance, relationships. You've got relationships that you don't even realize are hurting your body, which is hurting your spirit. You've got toxic friends You've got people that the only thing they know, because they were taught by their parents, and those parents were taught by their parents, is, is we, we, we leave ourselves by, we just, we just cut loose. We do things that, that, that some people would say, well, that's just too much. Well, who says it's too much? But you have toxicity in relationships. People who just aren't good friends working against you. These are just a few of the things that is attacking your body on a constant level. And here's the dangerous part. You ready? What if I preached a message today and we, we preached against the practical, we preached against the emotional, we preached against the physical, we preached against the relational. All we got now is a bunch of preaching. And can I turn to you and say today's message is going to give you so much freedom. Because all the things that's causing your body to do things that you wish it wouldn't do is not the issue. You don't have a practical problem. You don't have an emotional problem. You don't have a physical problem. You don't have a relational problem. It really boils down to you have a spiritual problem. And what we learn is, is that we can either make more rules, we can make things harder, to, because we're going to work harder. I'm just going to work harder at it. I'm just going to work harder. And what if I said the answer to you winning your body's victory was found in the grace of God? Okay, now you, if you didn't amen, if you did like, uh, wait, grace? 
Isn't grace like permission to just go do whatever you want to do? So you just told me I have all these problems, practical, emotional, physical, uh, relational. But now I'm just going to be like, God's grace. Oh, you're thinking about sloppy grace. That's not, well, I'm not saying do, go do everything you want. I'm talking about grace in the form of the love of God that deals with the root of the problem, that gives you the space to be able to go to God, to be with Jesus and to deal with the problem instead of the body. There is a little boy in you that needs to be healed. There's a little girl in you that needs to be healed. There is a lesson that God needs to show us that there's a brokenness in us and we can only do this when we take our 10,000 minutes and be willing to take time to spend them with Jesus to receive the spiritual healing that we need that will transform everything else. And grace gives us the ability to say, it's broken, and thank you, God, that I just know you're gonna fix it. Fix it. And let me show you grace, Titus. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. The grace of God has appeared and it offers salvation to all people. The word grace, the word grace is charis. Charis, and it literally means the unmerited goodwill and favor of God, which means that God is for you. God wants to heal you. God wants you to see that he's not the father upstairs going, why can't you get it right? He's the father upstairs that has his arms open and says, kid, if you'll just come home. If you'll just come home, I can show you the things that I can heal. Bluebell will never fix you. Marlboro will never fix you. Weed will never fix you. Budweiser will never fix you. Hard drink will never fix you. These things won't fix you. They are coping mechanisms of an inside brokenness. And I am your dad. And grace says you can always come home. And when you choose to come home, I'm going to do life with you. It's the unmerited. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. This is just your dad's love for you. Favor of God. Titus goes on in 2.11. It says this. It. It. What's it? It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. It's not more rules that's going to make you better. It's not more do-nots, because remember we covered that 10,000 minutes of, I need to do less of this, I do more of this. Rules don't change you. It changes you. It's not talking about God here. It's talking about God's grace. God's grace changes you. Yeah. See, let's, let's go into this. Because there's a part of you that just, it's hard to wrap your brain around. So I'm going to become healthy. I'm going to become healthy because of the grace of God. And it, for some of you, it's hard to wrap your brain around it. So let me help you. You ready? What you're trying to sometimes do is become better by becoming more religious. More rules, more rules, more rules, more rules, more, more, more rules, okay? And, and what if I told you that there's a difference between religion and grace? And now I want to show you, okay? Religion, religion only has an outward effect. Don't do this, don't do this, don't smoke that, don't drink this, don't go do this, don't, 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 don't. And then you're judged 
by how well people look at your life and say, I've noticed a difference in your life. You don't do things anymore. And you go, yep, yep, I'm following Jesus. But down deep, you're still, you know you're broken on the inside. This is just outward whitewash. Let me show you what, exactly what I mean. Jesus said this. He said, woe to you, you teachers of the law and Pharisees. These are the guys that if you saw them walking down the road, you would have seen them in their awesome garb. You would have seen them with their fantastic religious walk. You would have seen them with a perfectly shaved beard. And you would have turned mom's pull kids aside and say, bow your heads. These are holy men. And they're just, they, they just look like they got it all on, on the outside. And Jesus calls them out and says, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. And he says, let's call you out for what it is. You look good on the outside, but there is a broken little boy in every one of you. And religion says, let's deal with the outside. But grace says, let's deal with the inside. Why do you keep turning to food? Why do you keep turning to the opposite sex? Why do you keep turning to places to cope with what you're dealing with? Ephesians says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray, I pray, that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Isn't that cool? To the fullness of God. And then watch what it says. Now to him, lean in on this part. You ready? Lean in. Now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. Religion says you got to get it right on the outside. But grace says let's deal with the inside. Here's another one. Religion says you got to try harder. Maybe you grew up in that church. You're not giving it your best. You need to try harder. You need to do more. Give, give, give. Go, go, go. Do, do, do. Throw the TV out. Kick the kid out of, out of our house. If you've ever received parental advice, to where a child did something wrong and the advice your pastor gave you was kick the kid out of the house, that was not grace. It was not love. Best story I ever heard one time, uh, my friend Randy Weaver, I just came from his church. He said, I was a little punk kid growing up. I disobeyed my dad. And he said, I'd gotten so used to whippings. I just, I had blisters. Or I, I had calluses on my butt. Didn't hurt anymore. He said, I messed up. I was a teenage boy and I got brought into my dad, and my dad took his belt off, and he said, okay, here we go. My dad's going to spank me again. Godly man. And, and the dad took the belt, and he handed it to the son. 
And he said, Randy's sitting there and he's holding the belt now and his dad turns and says, the only way to show you how much this hurts me is to have you give me the spanking for being a bad dad. And he said, his dad bent over and he had to give his spanking to his dad and it changed his heart forever. That's horrible parenting advice. Which is like, like, my boys are in the back going, amen. Amen. Praise God. Now I'm listening, Dad. It's really actually amazing in that the beating we should have got as sinners is the beating Jesus took for us. And instead of us having to try harder, grace tells us to trust more. Lean into Jesus. Second uh, Corinthians. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. If you're in the room right now and you're just in a weak place, you're at a great spot. Because his power and his grace are sufficient for you in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Next one. You're going to really feel the pressure. Religion is going to try to get you to cover things up and to lie about stuff. And that actually seems like it's not a true deal because if this is religion, shouldn't it keep you from lying? But how many people are so religious on the outside, they cover their sins up. They don't want to talk about them. They don't want to deal with them. I'm embarrassed by them. I hope nobody ever finds out. I deal with this and I deal with this and I deal with this and I cope like this and I cope like this. Religion always does a cover-up. It's more rules and grace allows you to be honest. Grace gives you the room to tell God the truth. Grace gives you the room to be honest with yourself. And maybe you grew up somewhere where it's like, just fake it till you make it. Just smile. Wear that little religious face. Hey, how you doing? Man, solid rocks better than sinking sand. Glory to God. Then how you doing? Man, I'm supernaturally super and getting better. Hallelujah. And on the inside, you're dying. It's hurt so bad on the inside. Religion will always tell you to cover up, but the great news is grace. Grace says, if you just live your 10,000 minutes with me, you will finally tell yourself the truth. Recently, and I say recently, in the last several years, my my anger, I'm, I'm not an angry person, I just pick fights in Israel, but I, I, my, my anger, my anger is one of those things that it's like, I'm so good and then something just gets me. And grace helped me walk backwards. God, why did I get mad in that situation? Well, why did you get mad? Because I just felt like they were attacking me. Okay, okay, good. Why do you feel like they were attacking you? Because I just feel like they're superior to me. Oh, well, why did that? Because I just, I'm so insecure. And insecurity led to this and it led to anger. Why are you so insecure? 
because I'm afraid. And afraid led to insecurity, insecurity, like I was being compared to them, and it led to anger. And okay, so why are you afraid? I don't know why I'm afraid. Come on. Grace says, come on, tell me the truth. Why do you feel afraid? I don't know. I've never thought about it. I don't feel like a fearful person. I don't feel afraid. What, what do you feel? I don't know what I feel. I mean, I feel like that kid, I, mean, I feel like when I was six years old and I got a C on a spelling test that mom and I had worked really hard on and I didn't want to go home and tell her and it's just stupid. Do you ever still feel like that six-year-old kid that just feels like a failure? And the six-year-old kid keeps telling you that people look at you like you're an idiot and it leads to you getting angry? And I mean, like, it was just me being with Jesus and realizing there was a deep insecurity. Y'all may think it's the dumbest thing in the world, but it was not for me. I could go back to that moment. I could go back to that time. And it's time to be honest about it. Because let me tell you why. Are you ready? You are only as strong as you are honest. And religion is not going to get you to be honest. Grace is going to get you to be honest. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Here's the good news. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Which means this. Are you ready? And we're going to wrap this up. We're going to be done. If you're in this room and you've got a lot of junk going on, you, you can go down the list of all the things that your body is feeling the attack from. What you eat, what you drink, what you do, where you go, how you do it, who you go do it with. And everything is in you going, I gotta change, I gotta change, I gotta, I gotta make more rules, I gotta get people, I gotta move, I gotta move, I gotta move, I gotta, I gotta throw my phone away, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop it. As big as sin may be, grace is here even more. As big as your sin may be, God's grace is bigger than that sin. And as it, if sin grows, God's grace grows even more. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus wants to be with your body and how to navigate it from the inside out with Him. These 10,000 minutes are not to make more rules. Your 10,000 minutes are to be with the one who gives us grace that changes this temple that he's given us. So if you're in this room, and, and I, 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 I'm really strong on what we're about to do, and the message is over, we're all done, but your body's fighting you. 
Your body is fighting you. Your body is fighting you. It is a constant battle. It is a constant battle on food, maybe. It is a constant battle on drink. It is a constant battle with places you go, who you do it with. Can I just turn to you and tell you, I've been praying before, for you before you even got here. You look in the mirror, and it, 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 it just breaks your heart. You look at the doctor report, and it breaks your heart. You, you, you look at the ramifications of some choices you've made physically, and it's breaking your heart. And you wonder if God loves you. Can I turn to you and say, He loves you so much that He's got grace. Just come home. And let's allow this life with Jesus begin to navigate inside of us. And He's going to work on us from the inside out. Here's what we're going to do. If you're in this room and you go, Ty, will you pray for me? Because my body is one of the biggest things that fights me when it comes to living for Jesus. I just want you to stir some faith. What if God just began to start something today that you've been praying for for a long time? I don't know what it is. We don't have a clue what it is. It could be so many things. But your body has been fighting you in the way you think, in the way you live, in the rules you make, in the disappointments you have. And it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Would you have the courage to just stand up where you're at right now and go, will you pray for me? I would love to. On the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. Just stand up right where you're at. My body's been fighting me, Ty. My eyes have been fighting me. My, my, my things I hold, the things that I do, my body's been fighting me. And now I just... Anybody else? Come on. Okay. So Father God, today I come to you and I, I pray for each and every one of these people. Folks who, they really love you. But there's a battle going on. They're trying to win. And really, honestly, you've already won the battle for them. And you've won it in the spiritual sense. It's not a physical problem. It's, it's, it's not an emotional problem. It's, it's not a practical problem. It's not a relational problem. It's a spiritual problem. So, Father, today I pray that you would help them navigate 10,000 minutes in life. And this week, I'm being with you in regards to our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in charge, that you, 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 you know the things before we even know the things. You know the issue before we know the issue. Father, today I pray that we wouldn't leave this place and say, okay, now I'm going to start doing something. No, that's, that's the wrong thing. All we need to do is have the grace to go to our Father and say, will you help me navigate my body with you. We love you, Lord. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Stand to our feet. Cowboy Johnson and I, 
Thank you guys for being here. Let's worship the Lord. Let's go into his presence and let's really embrace the next few minutes of worship. And then Pastor Mondo is going to come up and dismiss you.